Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. Welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and add our legal twist. My name is Nasser Pasha and we're joined here with our maternity expert. Paternity expert, right? Uh, no, you're, you're an expert in, in mothers. Okay. Uh, expecting. <laughs> or having babies. Right. Matt Staub, yeah, I'm here. Which doesn't apply to what we're talking about today, so. No. Your go-to is just listing expertise of mine in areas that have, well, I guess, I mean, it has a little bit to do with today, but not the topic. It's the closest I could get. Well, I mean, you could say expert in MySpace. I feel like that's closer. <laughs> okay. I was looking, you know, we're going to talk mostly about Facebook, well, mostly about Mark Zuckerberg, but do you know the last time we really talked in detail about Facebook? Do you remember? This is episode 241. It's, it's been a while. Maybe they're, maybe one of their acquisitions of Instagram or something. I don't know. The one I found when I searched our previous ones was the malicious prosecution lawsuit they were trying to file against DLA Piper with that, who represented that guy who claimed 84% ownership of yeah. The company who I looked up and now is, they describe him as now fugitive businessman. <laughs> it hasn't gone well for him post post lawsuit. So did we ever find out what's happened to that lawsuit or what I just looked and this was earlier in the year because Facebook filed that malicious prosecution suit against DLA Piper and the judge refused to th- the law firm. Yeah, yeah. I think the judge refused to throw it out. Okay. So it looks like the case is going on. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was an interesting story. You know, you think about it and we talk about this all the time, but you know, why would Facebook even bother with it at this point? But th- this is the, a good example of it. They need to set the precedent that they can't, like, they're not going to put up with this stuff. And they obviously have the money to, to handle it. Definitely makes a law firm think twice about bringing something like that again. Yeah. So Facebook, you know, there's a couple things here in, in Mark Zuckerberg, and it's been in the news a lot the last couple of weeks. And there's a couple things. And the first was what you had mentioned earlier at the beginning was, they had their kid a couple of days ago, I think, earlier this week of recording, right? I think it was more than a couple of days, but yeah, definitely recently. Yeah. And so he had come out and said that he's going to take a, what, two-month paternal leave, I believe? Yeah. Which is pretty crazy. And I, I, th- I believe I saw that their the company offers up to four months of paid paternal leave. So that's pretty big. But I think the, one of the big things that a lot of people are discussing is, you know, this is a big step towards acceptance of this sort of leave for for the men because I think there's some sort of stigma attached to men taking time off after the birth of their child. People might look at that a different way as opposed to the the mother who would do it. But I'm sure there's been many instances of the father who wanted to do this and just felt so obligated that they couldn't. And this is clearly a step in that right direction for, for more meant to do this. Yeah, but at the same time it's a it's almost crazy to think that a CEO of a company would be able to take, you know, let alone 2 months, uh, uh, let alone a week even, let alone 2 months off of their job whether it's a male or a female, right? And obviously Zuckerberg is a probably in a little bit more unique position. I think all of our status updates will still go through whether Zuckerberg is on the job or not. My assumption is is that he's in a little bit more of a privileged position than than most people in the country. <laughs> I think that's a good uh, good guess there. I think so. I would be surprised. I would be shocked if he just cut off 
communication for two months and then shows back up two months later and checks his email for the first time. And <laughs> there's no way CEO of one of the biggest companies could take two full months off without any sort of contact or involvement whatsoever. And I do feel, though, in the recent years, I know uh, Zuckerberg has taken a little bit of a step back as far as the day to day operations. So I wonder if, if that has something to play in. But nonetheless, I think one thing that you're definitely right about is this has been publicized. I mean, obviously, we're talking about it in a way that I don't think has been done before. You have a high profile person having their first child and they take off a couple months. And then it also highlights Facebook's policy of their paid paternal leave and, or I'm sorry, paid parental leave for both fathers and mothers, right? And that's very unique, by the way. And, and I think most people know this, uh, probably not, but even where there is a requirement by state for some employers, like for example, in California, you have certain types of family medical leave for 50 employees or more. You do have a pregnancy dis disability leave for, I think, uh, five or more employees in California as well. But most of the time, those are unpaid leaves, you know, yeah. and for it to be paid on top of having more than what the minimum is, is pretty remarkable. The only real downside of this is they're not going to be around working if they're a key component of the company. You know, is the company going to suffer as a result? But like you said, it's you, you get the time off with your recently born child and you also get paid. It's it's not a classic Michael Scott win 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 because, like I said, you don't know how the company's going to be, but it's a it's a win win question mark is how I look at it. <laughs> it's I think I mean that's true, and it's hard to see where exactly we're we're going as a country on this because if you look at a very global perspective of modernized countries, we're pretty far behind or far from providing any kind of substantial benefits for family leave on a federal level, on a national level. But there is some cultural differences because there are a lot of people that feel that this kind of leave, maternity and paternity leave would be important for them. But then there's also some that feel that being in a in a managerial or executive position, they would be reluctant to take such leave because of, you know, just the ramifications, even even if you're entitled to it by law, it's the same thing that you're you're taking off from the company and the company may be negatively impacted by something like that. Which is why, by the way, a lot of these implications for these kinds of benefits on a state level does have this high employee requirement because obviously if you're a small, small business, yeah even one employee being gone. And on top of that, if it's paid leave, right. would really be disruptive. We've talked about something similar before with the trouble with companies forcing their, they, they basically would have to force employees to take vacation time, even when it's paid, just because employees don't want to don't want to leave work and don't want to take that time off. I mean, it's not the exact same thing as this, but it's along those lines. And it's different where you're Mark Zuckerberg and you, know, you have control of this, ginormous company as opposed to you're somebody who, you know, is just a, an employee. And if your company has the policy, if you being able to take time off and you do, you can't be penalized for that. But, you know, I think that thought lingers in people's heads and how will that be perceived, like you said, and you know, what will be the ramifications of it? It's just, you know, it's something to think about. So I, I do think his decision is helping in that sense. And you know, what's funny is you, well, I think it's unknowingly that you made a nice transition, albeit a few minutes ago, but of his involvement, because this other issue of, with Zuckerberg is this quote he has of, 
I will continue to serve as Facebook CEO for many, many years to come, but these issues are too important to wait until you or we are older to begin work. And this has to do with his pledge earlier in the week, or I guess when this comes out last week about him and his wife are going to donate 99% of his Facebook shares by the end of his lifetime to this Chan Zuckerberg initiative, which also got a lot of attention. Yeah. And what's interesting about this kind of donation is I think there's a couple issues here. Right. First is by giving away 99% of his stock, what about control over his company, right? And what's interesting about maybe if you've purchased a Facebook stock, you were already aware of this, but there are different classes of shares. Without getting into the details, bottom line is that Zuckerberg owns a class of shares, which basically even with a a super minority 1% of the ownership of Facebook or a, a very small amount, he still has a super majority control. And what that equates to is even though from from a distribution perspective or ownership percentage, if the company is is bought out, not that that's going to happen or anything like that, that's that's his percentage. But when it comes to actually voting or control, it's on a much different scale, completely throws out the percentage ownership out the window. And that's actually a very common tactic in how you maintain control of your company. And so it's not unusual. It's unusual for a publicly held company, but not unusual for a privately held one. Yeah. And I, I knew that was going to be your first thought is what about the control? Cause I know that's, that's always your first thought. Yeah, of course. It was mine too. And I thought to myself, there's no, obviously there's got to be something in place where he's not going to, he's not going to lose his voting power. Yeah. Zuckerberg's covered somehow. Cause how would that work? These, well, I use the word charity loosely and we'll get into that, but like these people he's going to give the, or companies going to give the, these shares to, or they're going to be able to vote. Obviously it's, it's not the case. Yeah. So <laughs> I think right now he's got says 60% voting control of Facebook. So yeah, he's obviously going to maintain that control and going back to his quote about him maintaining him or being CEO, things like that. So, and you said there's a few interesting things about this. One of the other ones is how it was set up. Yeah. It's actually, I said the name Chan Zuckerberg Initiative. It's actually an LLC. I'm not too involved in the charitable foundation side of things, but my guess isn't that's not too common. I mean, there's tax reasons that's incentive for for setting up things, you know, charitable foundation, charitable trust, things like that. And so the fact that it's a just flat out LLC is... I don't, it's not the common route, I would guess. Oh, no. And, and you know, typically when we talk about nonprofits, everyone understands that, you know, these entities are, are typically tax exempt. And of course, an LLC is not. And I was looking into this and actually the, you know, even though a lot of people reacted like, you know, hey, you're not really giving it away to charity because you're giving it to your LLC or whatever, and it can still make investments and so forth. I think that was a little unfair because if you look at his reasonings, it's actually it actually makes sense quite a bit, especially to to lawyers, is that for nonprofits, especially, you know, to be recognized by the federal government as a tax exempt organization, being involved in politics, for example, cuts you out of that category. And so an LLC, of course, you know, as far as how the law is now until, you know, maybe the Supreme Court changes its mind, is that an LLC can, you know, contribute to campaigns, can contribute to all these different advocacy groups and politics and may further certain, you know, charitable goals that Zuckerberg has where he wouldn't be able to do otherwise without it. And in addition to that, also invest into companies that do the same thing, whether it's you know, a solar power company that he believes that, you know, needs needs a little bit of infusion of capital and so forth. Yeah, he said he's interested in 
personalized learning, curing disease, connecting people and building strong communities. So, but yeah, you're exactly right. It's the way he set this up is allows him to really expand where he gives this gives this money to. And so that's, you know, he's kind of just like, yeah, we're going to pay capital gains tax and transferring these shares. I mean, that's whatever. And what's the value? Is it, isn't it around like 45 billion or something crazy like that? Yeah. And it's going to be spread out over time. You know, I don't think Facebook actually produces a dividend. This is what I was wondering. Yeah. How is that Facebook share actually worth money? Somehow it's going to have to be sold and liquidated somehow, mm-hmm. I assume. I didn't really get, get deep into that, but obviously it's there's some value to it. I'm sure they've thought this well in advance on how, how it's going to be done. And it's going to be, a, I think, a slow rollout. And I know there was definitely a restriction on the first three years. It was no more than like 1% a year or something like that. It, it was a lower amount. So it's definitely going to be yeah. back-weighted. It's not giving up 99% of his shares tomorrow. <laughs> no doubt. He signed a pledge amongst other multi-billion dollar owners and CEOs along with Bill Gates to kind of give away mo- a majority of their wealth to charity and so forth. And we talked about a little bit about intention and his, his intentions have definitely been questioned and so forth. But hey, I mean, it's 99% better than what everyone else does, you know, so it's like, it's it's very hard to kind of knock, you know, his efforts, you know. We're saying that, you know, within the week, uh, within a couple of days of him doing that open letter or whatever it was. So who knows what will actually happen? Because that's true. That's what happened with another CEO we talked about previously, right? We talked about him, didn't we? Dan Price? Yeah. With, uh, with Gravity. So... Apparently, gravity is real, not the company, just gravity does exist. So I knew that. Yeah. There was some questions on whether that's the case. But so if you if you don't remember or if you didn't listen the first time, gravity was the company and Dan Price is the CEO where basically said, I'm raising the minimum salary of everyone that works, all the employees that work for me up to 70 grand a year. And this is, is it in Washington state? I can't remember. Yeah. I remember it being in the Northwest. Yeah. So, you know, people were making far less than this. And I think kind of, well, (laughs) I was going to say, I think the reason it happened, but we'll get into that. But I know one of the things was he was talking to a friend of his and was just making so little and said, oh, we'll just, you know, raise everything up and it'll be good. And he went on this huge, I think this is when we talked about it before, went on this huge PR campaign and got praised on every show, you know, on TV and patted on the back. It's great, but it looks like, I'll put the link to this story in the show notes because this is a pretty long, interesting story that Bloomberg Business did about, you know, the the motivation behind raising this, but it's a couple things. There's this lawsuit with his brother, which is pretty interesting. And I guess one other fact I should say as well before we get into it is part of the deal was, you know, he he decreased his salary immensely. And I'm trying to find the exact numbers, but it was... Didn't he decrease his to the minimum too, or? He did, but I'm saying what it was before. It was over a million, right? Okay, yeah. So that was an issue as well. I guess they hired a compensation consultant to look at his salary for significant raises over the 1.1 million. Yeah. So there's a few things going on and we're not completely sure what the time, well, actually we are kind of sure what the timeline is because there's a, what a complaint that was received from his brother, but then there was, I guess how it works in Washington is you can serve them before filing the lawsuit. Is that how it works? And that's definitely unique for me. I always try to figure that out myself as well. Yeah, it was it was weird because he's like, well, look at the timing of everything. I I got sued after. It's like, well, we have this document here, and you were served 
before and it's all this thing but it's it's interesting now that this story's coming out and so maybe his intentions weren't as as noble as first expected it's definitely uh definitely suspect and if you kind of compare that to what zuckerberg is doing it definitely makes it pretty interesting yeah I, like i said this is a it's a pretty interesting full read and this is i guess this person interviewed well at least talk to him on the phone. And so by the time this episode comes out, it looks like there will be some more information that will possibly be released in regards to his his ex-wife, which said this is all, who knows about the truth of any of this stuff, but it's it's a very interesting <laughs> reveal after this, you know, great good he did for these, all these employees. And, you know, keep in mind too, it sounds like this place isn't even a good spot to work for. I mean, the employees aren't, you know, they're getting paid a lot more, but... I think they described it as, you know, not it's not very glamorous. <laughs> well, it's definitely a different picture than what I think the even we kind of described of how great it would be for everyone to make be making that amount of money as a minimum wage, but definitely paints a different picture. Yeah, and, and I guess I should follow up too. The the lawsuit with his brother is, you know, is dealing with his compensation. They're alleging he he improperly used his majority to control the company to overpay himself. Also reducing what his brother was due. So, I mean, that's conveniently this all, this great idea he had all came around right after, I guess, in this middle ground of being served and the lawsuit have yet to be filed, which is very weird. But, yeah, I guess that's how it works there. And I think he did respond saying that he, he never had never increased his salary without having a full unanimous consent of the board or something to that effect. So, yeah, obviously, there's two sides of the story, but. Yeah, worth your time to read it. It's a bunch of weird pictures of him too, so it's always fun. Uh, kind of wanted to mention more stuff about parental leave, but I think everyone knows about that. I mean, I was I was trying to see if there was any kind of legislation going to be passed or not, and it looks like there's some some bills in the House and the Senate that are kind of floating around there. But I'd just be really surprised. Because, I mean, right now we have that parental leave already that's unpaid for 50 more employees for federal under federal law. So obviously, I think that's not necessarily sufficient, but I think, I think there's going to be some changes. It's just going to be hard to, hard to pass that paid leave gap. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's obviously the big thing, right? It's the, the paid aspect of it. Cause that completely changes everything, especially like you said, for, I mean, it has to be for bigger companies. You can't have any, but even then, even bigger companies, if you have a key person gone, I mean, I guess you, your options are try to have everyone else Chip in. Yeah, chip in. Try to hire a temp. I mean, hire, trying to hire a temp person for a couple of months is going to be tough. Or Yeah, because when it comes to pay leave, it doesn't necessarily have to come from the employer. I mean, it could, like in California, you can have, you know, some through disability benefits, which of course is indirectly paid through taxes, whether it's payroll tax or whatever. But still, I mean, there's different ways to do it. I think we all agree it's just going to be, it's a tough ask. I mean, especially... Uh, I mean, people don't even want to raise the minimum wage, let alone adding this kind of benefit, which can be pretty disruptive. Yeah. Any kind of real aggressive action in this would, would definitely affect people's efforts of equal pay or fair pay between men and women. Even though it's pretty common for certain racial slurs or ethnicity slurs in the workplace to not be accepted, what still seems to be tolerated is this concept of this concern of female workers getting pregnant. And that's still, just from, from my 
personal experience with our clients and things like that, that's still something that's kind of accepted or more prevalent than you would think. And so I think that would also be a concern, especially, you know, with California passing its, you know, Fair Pay Act being effective this January. Yeah. Well, anyway, so <laughs> I thought we were done with our episode, but I guess we're not. Well, if anyone listened all the way to the end, they got they got that last little nugget from you. So they got the sandwich of uh, parental leave. So, <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Parental leave sandwich. But you can't call it a parental leave sandwich because usually whatever this kind of sandwich is, it's what's in the center, right? Yeah. So it was a CEO sandwich on parental leave bread. There we go. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. All right. Keep it sound. Keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.